it, Red Arms. Give it your all. We'll drink the wine till the cup is dry and kiss the girls and then the cry and toss the dice until we fly and dance with Jack of the Shadows. Welcome back to Tales of a Red Arm, a Wheel of Time podcast, and I am one of your hosts, Justin. And I'm the other one, James. And today we got chapter 44, The Dark Along the Ways, and I figured we kind of jump straight into it, because um, I don't have anything, and I don't think you have anything, James, correct? No, no great announcements or anything. Alrighty. Um, so, a quick recap of the last chapter um rand matt and perrin were having some dreams with baalzaman and they're woken mostly by themselves and uh moraine shows up and's like get ready we're leaving and they start gathering up together um and that's kind of where we're picking up right now um so they had had their discussion about going into the ways. So here we're going to see kind of that playing out, <laughs> if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, just before we start, I guess, specifically, James, did you have any uh, insight that you thought was interesting about like the urgency in which they're kind of getting together? You think it's a valid reason, I should say? Well, most of it's, uh, well, time's, time's short as it is, but uh, also isn't he the problem, the fact that Loyal is uh, traveling with the group now? Yeah. Well, I mean, also, like, so, with, with Trolloc yeah. surrounding Camelin, and you have... Like, yeah, that, that's kind of what I meant. And then, time's and then they have the uh, White Cloaks in the town who are keeping an eye. Uh, another reason why the town's pressing. <laughs> Yeah, then you have the white cockades who don't like them, don't like the inn as it is. So, yeah, no, I think I think it's fair enough. No. Okay, all right. So jumping into it. So we're at a point right before the sun is coming up. So it's still dark. There's there's no orange in the sky or anything, and. Moraine leads the boys uh, down to where Master Gill and everybody else is waiting. Um, the rest of the Emmonfielders and Loyal are a bit anxious, but Perrin seems to be calm, similar to Lan. Uh, Matt kind of hangs out with Ran because he kind of is like, still feeling a little bit of... Uh, <laughs> a little aghast at his behavior recently or sheepish i should say should say yeah words hard difficult um and basically everybody else is just kind of like piling through the kitchen and you've got the cook and uh all the cook helpers and servants or whatever you want to call them employees mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, they're all kind of just sitting there like well this is weird like we're here to like get food and everything prepped and just a whole bunch of people just compile it through um master gill sues the cook and she you know goes back to work with a sniff and um 
they're all back to making their food and everything before they even reach the stable yard. And outside, you can't see nothing. Like, dawn's on its way, but it ain't showing up yet. And Master Gill's used to his own territory, so he's just directing them around things and the correct areas and whatnot. He gets across the stable yard and whatnot. And Ogier, loyal, <laughs> is like, can't we just have a light? We don't run around sitting without lights. I'm, a, I'm an Ogier, not a cat. And <laughs> Rand, of course, thinks loyal's ears are, you know, twitching irritably, which would be accurate, probably. Yeah. Um, that's only a thought. We don't actually get to see it, but it's within reason, considering we know loyal's ability to twitch his ears. Um. And then the stable shows up out of nowhere because you can't really see it. And the stable door creaks open and they head inside. There's a little bit of light inside, but Master Gill opens it just wide enough for them to go in one at a time and then closes it behind them. So basically they had a little bit of light and a pitch black, which had been basically as good as a shining beacon to anybody who's looking for it. And they're not trying to give people a reason. Um, it was closed behind Perrin, almost taking out his heel as he's sneaking in. And they have a sudden light, and the stablemen, you know, weren't really surprised like the cook had been. And everything was saddled and waiting. Um, <laughs> Mandarb's waiting on land. Aldeeb is waiting for Moraine. And there's a pack horse with some wicker panniers, which uh, James, you pointed out. That was a funny word. So, for yeah. description just, for oh, go ahead yeah i just see a word that's not exciting in common parlance so, yeah so a wicker pannier would be similar to like a wicker basket it's a little bit larger that you typically put on the butt of a pack horse or any horse really but mostly pack horses and mules and stuff like that that's designed to basically be like a trunk um so you'd have like a uh all your goods packages and whatnot in this wicker pannier and that's how you would travel without worrying about things like falling off so it's, it's almost like a saddle for goods if you will um so it's just like a big wicker basket you could throw your stuff into like a trunk and you could be on your way and not worry about it going anywhere um but they got also a a huge horse with as they call it hairy fetlocks that are taller than even Mandarb, which is for loyal, which I would assume would, I'd feel so bad for that horse. But it is the nature of things when you are huge to have huge things that are actually much smaller than you. Um, and it's it's a big, big horse. But even that, it still looks like a pony compared to loyal. So, um. <laughs> Loyal's like, uh, my feet work fine. Um, and then you got Master Gill, you know, getting Rand to come over and, you know, lending him a bay. And basically, Master Gill's giving all these horses to people, but Master Gill gives Rand a horse called Red. Um, Egwene goes to Bella, and Nynaeve had her long-legged mare. Um, Matt brought his dun-colored horse over. And, you know, kind of mutters to Rand about Perrin kind of making him nervous. And he's, you know, his eyes and everything. Like, it's my, it's not my imagination. 
and Rand's kind of worried about Matt and the dagger. Um, but he's like, yeah, don't worry about it. Moraine knows about, you know, Perrin and everything. It's, it's all good. And then Matt's like, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I'm not saying he's not, but he's still kind of like cautiously looking him out of the corner of his eye. And then Master Gill, you know, talks to the, talks to the head groom and, you know, they run out of the back of the stable and then Master Gill approaches Moraine. He's like, well, Raimi says the way is clear. I said, I, so now we have the head, the head, uh, stableman is named Raimi and that's probably the last time we'll ever hear about Raimi, but okay. <laughs> he has a name. Um, good, good to know. So we'll keep up to this kind of pace with names and people not coming back. That's probably the case. So they head out the rear of the stable and they moved all the hay forks, rakes, shovels and everything. And there's basically a hidden door there. And it's a small, small area between buildings, basically an alleyway. But nobody from the outside knows that goes into the stable, which is probably a good thing. Um, so when you come out from this side, nobody's going to be able to see you. I'm like, to be fair, unless there's torches in the streets, it's so dark, no one's going to see you anyway. Um, mm. But those torches always do come in handy, right? When you need them to. So we'll get to that. So white cloaks or white cockades, there's not going to be anybody looking for you guys. So Moraine's like, thanks, Miss, uh, good innkeeper. Uh, if you have any trouble, write to Shiryam Sadai of the Blue Aja in Tar of Island, and she's going to help you. But I, my sisters and I have a good deal to put right before already for everyone who's helped me. And Master goes like, ha, huh, not a big deal. You've already given me the only inn in Camelot without rats. What more could I ask for? I can double my custom on that alone. And... He's just like, you know, seriously, though, you know, I hold with the queen and the queen holds the Tarvalon. So whatever it is you're doing, the light illumine you. Um, and of course, Moraine, you know, bows her head and says, light illumine you as well, Master Gill. Um, and she's like, well, if the light's going to shine on us, we got to be moving. So Ogier takes his big horse and after looking at the big teeth of the pony to him anyway uh, <laughs> and you know he keeps his mouth that mouth away from his hand he tries to pull him through and they start heading through one after the other and you know Raimi's like let's get this door shut let's get this door shut and then as soon as they all pull out um, they, they shut up and you know, that's the last we hear about the stable guys um, I do kind of like kind of uh, Interesting to speculate the reason for the uh, supposed hidden uh, doorway leading from the stables. Yeah, everybody wants to ha feel comfortable with like a back door. It's just yeah, we don't know okay. why, but I would assume that's probably the same way that uh, Tom Marilyn escaped prior times. Yeah, I don't know. I just find I find it funny to see the image of that that. Uh, Master Gill is actually like a smuggler or something. Yeah, I wouldn't worry too much yeah, about that. I, I, I know, but it's still, it's still just funny. It's, it's, it's funny, I agree, but I wouldn't worry about it. Yeah, um, so, Loyal heads in the direction towards the way gate, and they kind of head 
down the street and you know it's an hour before dawn still and everything's quiet silent which you'd think that some people would be up trying to like get ready for the day and if they are they're probably just in their houses but i figured some would at least be outside but i guess some people do like to have normal sleeping schedules like us mm. supposedly <laughs> allegedly and um so we have uh, this little party heading down the streets and whatnot. And there's a lot of descriptions. Most of them are just of the places they're going by and what's going on and everything. Like, it's not that big of a deal. I'm not going to cover all of them. But um, the little things that are actually relevant are the fact that Loyal, being an Ogier, could find the Waygate, and Rand doesn't know why. Um, they just... They can feel it. But also... That Ran remembered being told by Lamguin that there are half a dozen white cloaks around near that corner. So um, they have to be careful because, you know, their focus is on the end, but noises will rouse them in one way or the other. Um, and as the sentence says, no one was out at this hour for a reputable reason. I was like, including those white cloaks. <laughs> <laughs> but the horseshoes, of course, make clip-clop noises all the way. Um, so they're trying to like get to where they're going and whatnot, and they go around the corner and hoping everything's good, and it, everything seems to go fine. And Loyal's still following the most direct path to the Waygate. And sometimes it'd be, you know, a broad avenue, sometimes an empty avenue, but maybe a couple dogs or something. And, of course, Nynaeve complains about the smell, but that's to be expected, honestly. I mean, it's probably not a very pleasant place to smell, and I can understand somebody not liking that smell. So, makes perfect sense. Mm -hmm. um, now, it's getting closer. And we know, the city's, we know the city's big, and we know it's got a lot of twists and turns, and we know that it takes a long time to get from one place to another place in the city. So, it makes sense that we're getting close to dawn at this point and um, they started getting more people showing up as dawn kind of pops over the roofs rooftops and such and people start coming kind of out trying to get their stuff going for the day and one guy flicks their eyes at him just like everybody else but sticking back into his own thoughts and then he kind of like basically almost falls turning around to stare because he there's only light enough to see shapes but he could see this ogier shape without realizing it's an ogier but it's just a really tall man with an ordinary horse but or an ordinary man leading an undersized horse but everyone else in behind him to give perspective he was as big as he thought he was so the guy takes a look strangles has a strangled cry and just runs and just like, I mean, yeah, sure, whatever. No response, apparently. I mean, people are terrified of things they are not aware of, so that, that does make sense. Um, so, more people are going to be in the street, so the woman moves past everybody on the other side of the street, trying not to look at anything. It's like, well, we got to get going. So then Loyal's like, oh, it's over here. So they show, show up at the shop that's still closed. And the tables were bare out front, and the awnings were rolled up. It's it's completely just, it's done. <laughs> there, 
they're sleeping in or whatever. And then Matt's like, how are we supposed to get under this? And Moraine's like, there's probably a cellar door. Let's go around the back. So they head around the building and they find um, this cellar door, but it's got a lock on it. And Loyal's like, well, I can give it a tug and yank it off, but it'll make a lot of noise to wake the whole neighborhood. And Moraine's like, now, now, my dear Ogier, let's not ruin the good men's property. Can avoid it. So she just like looks at the lock and then just taps it with her staff and it just falls off neatly. Just like, ah, so I said I have been the cause for all these bank robberies lately. <laughs> yeah, great DT moment there. I was just gonna be like the barbarian just be like, I can smash it and the rogue is there like, ah oh, no, just some no, subtlety no. please. It's, it's not even the rogue, it's the freaking like sorcerer or the wizard just like, ah, let's not do that. Just taps it, it comes open, it's like you see the rogue in the background throwing up his hands like, what am I here for? <laughs> like, <laughs> um, so Loyal un undoes the lock and swings the doors open, propping them back. And they go down the ramp. Um, and her staff's lighting the way with a like, little glowing orb on top of it. And the horse follows behind. And she tells them to light lanterns and show up. Plenty of room. It'll be light soon. So they're basically trying to get in before the sun shows up and everyone spots them. They're not in exactly the best place to be spotted, but they're also in someone's basement. So get out while you can. Um, so they kind of all pile in there and Rand has a lantern, but it's swinging on the end of his pole and he's trying not to bump the ceiling. And so Red and the pack horse didn't like the ramp, so he's going down trying to get out of Matt's way, and you know, everything's kind of happening all at once. But uh, it's a pretty wide room. But Land shows up, and after Randar comes in, he goes back to shut the doors. And Matt's like, Who would build in this, this type of a place? Like, it's a gate, why would you build it here? And this is where I get to read one of my spots. Huzzah. It's a very, very low reading chapter, so enjoy yep. it while you get it, folks. It was not always like this, Loyal said, his rumbling voice echoed in the cavernous space. Not always. No. The Ogier was angry, Rand realized with a shock. Once trees stood here, every kind of tree that would grow in its place. Every kind of tree that Ogier would coax to grow here. The great trees, a hundred spans high, shade of branch, and cool breezes to catch the smell of leaf and flower and hold the memory of the peace of the steading. All that murdered for this! And his fist thumped a column. Now, before we go on, because there's more to this, obviously. It doesn't just stop it and thumping it. I wanted to point out, like, Loyal's actually legitimately upset. Now, keep in yeah. mind that Ogier are not people you want to take off, for one. S two, <clears throat> it's also to be expected that if there is a way gate inside of a city or inside of someone's territory, um that probably 
they probably are aware that in most of those cities, it's probably the, the groves have been destroyed. Plain and simple. Yeah. There might be the exception to the rule. Some cities might not have destroyed theirs or whatever, but it's it's the sad reality that he's probably very, very aware of. Um, but also, here we see the great trees. I don't remember if we've ever talked about the great trees. Have we? I think it's been mentioned, but... Uh, Probably mentioned in Passion. So, the great trees, yeah. as it says here, were a hundred spans high. Um, which is really tall. So, like, super big trees. And mm. the great trees specifically were known, as far as I'm aware, only to the groves and the steadings. So, there's probably a reason right there that they got cut down. Um, that's a lot of lumber. <laughs> um, which you'd think that, you know, the Ogier could be like, hey, we'll make a deal with you. You leave this grove alone and we'll just like grow some trees over here. You can cut those ones down instead. But I'm sure that would probably make them upset even then as well. But as the Ogier like to remind everyone, it's not their world. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's a little bit of a, a sad recognition unfortunately so after his fist thumps the column it seems to shake under that blow and it's like people upstairs probably think there's an earthquake going on right now um and you get kind of like a dust going through the floorboards kind of feel and moraine's like trying to calm him it's like you know it's already happened it can't be undone it will not make the trees grow again for you to bring the whole building on our heads and of course loyal's kind of like oh sorry <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, yeah, feeling abashed. I think yep. that, that's what yeah. he actually feels is abashed. But I'm paraphrasing here. Gosh, leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> I the thing is, you know, like, um, I like loyal. Just see by like the nature of his appearance. So you know, kind of like big, big bushy eyebrows and yeah. you know, sort of expressive ears. He he is a very expressive character. And... Oh yeah. Well, even when his face doesn't show it, you can tell based off of his ears. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, all right. The thing is, that like I don't know why, but I was thinking a lot of like the uh, show adaptation that uh, you know cover when that comes out. But I'm just, I don't, know, I don't think that they're going to do loyal justice if we ever actually get to see him, which I'm kind of hoping we do. But I also think that they're probably not going to make him look right or he's. I don't know how much they're going to be putting into CGI. That's the problem. And there's not enough 10 foot tall people that fit his thickness description. to Just be like, we're going to pull an actor out. So they're either a going to CGI it B they're going to do the Lord of the Rings style of scaling, um, which they could do. I don't know how much they're going to try to put into that. I don't know. I mean, they, they, they keep telling us they're, 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 t they're telling us they're committed to keeping it as accurate as possible yeah. but at the alleged eight episodes that they're supposedly putting out i don't know how much they're going to keep in it and he might the ogier entirely might be just cut out of it in its totality which i don't know how they're going to pull off a lot of things if they try to do that but yeah or oh, I, I don't know maybe they may might just I'm sorry, they might make him just completely different looking. In, yeah. in, in, like, I mean, like, trying, could, trying not to turn him into a dwarf for all I know. 
Yeah, uh, trying moment has seemed not to be like negative here, but uh, again, compared, well, now that I'm seeing what they're having to adapt, I, I'm uh, sort of losing what little confidence I had. I guess. Is the yeah, best way I mean, it's doable. It's just a matter of whether or not they want to put the effort into doing it, or if they think they have the time of doing it. Because, like, to me, eight episodes. Which, as as far as we are aware, is what it's going to be. It could change. It's not necessarily like, oh, we're only having eight. But allegedly, if we have only eight episodes, even at four hours an episode, we wouldn't have enough time to cover the first book if they were to add everything in it. But we know they're not doing four-hour episodes. They're doing, like, hour episodes. So they're going to have even less content than what the books would be at, at a proper adaptation, you know, piece by piece. So they're doing what you would consider an entertainment adaptation, which means a lot's going to get cut, like a lot. And things will be changed, stories will be changed, characters will be changed, and not they, they might not be like major changes for a lot of stuff. They might be just minor changes, but there's a good chunk of changes that they might completely change a character. They could partially change a character. Like, unfortunately for Raimi, I don't think Raimi's going to be in the adaptation. <laughs> but that's not really that big because he's not. They just gave a guy a character name and said, you know, this is this dude. And that's that. Like, I don't think he plays a major role in the rest of the series, but we'll find out as we go because I don't remember uh, wait, too much wait, about him. But Wait, so you're saying that he isn't the main character? Little did you know, Raimi is actually the main character. Uh <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's like of course we can't have Raby in the series he's the main character um, but yeah I mean I think they're trying to do the, uh, the the books justice through an adaptation I just think the nature of adaptations themselves are not friendly to keeping the spirit of the story together especially for a long series like if this was a trilogy this would be so much easier to do <laughs> it's not a trilogy it's a trilogy literally times five so <laughs> um i mean it's not necessarily their fault i should say that the adaptation is notoriously bad at being done like even lord of the rings which is probably the closest thing to a perfect a perfect adaptation you could have still has major major flaws in it and i will point those out till my dying day Unless they make it all over again and then they don't have those flaws in it, I guess. But um, it's just the nature of adaptations are to be incomplete aspects of their original. Like they're, they're literally not even the shadow of their original source material. So I can't hope for too much. I'm resigned that it's not going to be as good as the books, unfortunately. Even the showrunners have... Uh, announced that people are not going to think it's as good as, as the books. My main concern is that people who are interested in the books that watch the show, but they haven't read the books will then go to the books and have a twisted viewpoint of how everything should be. Um, and perhaps not enjoy the books as much and thus causing more problems. So that's my main concern. I should say, aside from the fact that I am a book purist. So I, I do think high, more highly of the books than I do of any other medium because they don't typically do them justice just by the nature of adaptations being adaptations, not replicas. Um, but anyway, <laughs> yeah. so Maureen, Maureen kind of tries to like, 
gently talk to him. It's like, hey, this can't be changed. Can't grow the trees back. But maybe we can keep the groves that are still standing from falling under the shadow. You brought us to what we wanted to find. And um, she moves to one of the walls, and it's a little bit different than the others. Some were ordinary brick. This was a bit more intricately worked. And, James, you did mention that you liked the uh, description for this way gate. Yeah. So that's always a good yeah. thing. Yeah. Don't know, don't know what to tell you. Just yeah. read it. Just... It's, it's good. Read it. Which you should already have read it anyway, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. Just not going to cover it because otherwise, you know, spoilers, John, do it justice, et cetera, et cetera. Well, we've not, we've even, gone not even before, spoilers. But... It's just if we stop for every description, we're never going to get anywhere. Um. So basically what happens is they, you know, spot this and it looks really cool and everything, but Loyal has the appearance that he just wants to be anywhere other than here. Like he'd rather mm -hmm. be outside with a mob chasing him again than be in here looking at a waygate. Um and then Moraine murmurs something, which is Avendasora. And then she touches the uh trefoil leaf and the stonework and the leaf of the tree of life is the key. And when she pulls her hand away, she brings this leaf with her. And so the leaf is the key to the way gate, and Avendasora is the tree of life, which I believe we have talked about. But just for a quick recap, the tree of life is um, a legendary tree that allegedly is in the waste or somewhere else, like an other worldlessness is what it's presumed to be um, by the inhabitants of this world. So um, everyone kind of like, whoa, dude, it looked like it was part of the wall and now it's just in your hand. <laughs> so you either A, broke the wall or that's what you wanted. Um, and then she puts the pattern a little bit lower and there's another space like it's supposed to go there too. Um, and it looks like the whole thing changes once it puts there. So I'll have you go ahead and pick up here. Yeah. He was sure now that he could he, could he see the leaves he ruffled by some unfelt breeze. Almost he thought he they were verdant under the dust, a tapestry of thick spring greenery there near the lantern-lit cellar. Almost imperceptibly, at he first, he split opened up in the middle of the ancient carving, widening as he had the two halves he slowly swung into the cellar until they stood straight out. The backs of the gates here were worked as near the fronts, the same ear profusion of ear vines and leaves, almost alive. Behind, where he should have been near dirt or the cellar of the next building, dull, reflective shimmering faintly caught here their images. I have heard, Loyal said, half mourning, half fearful, that once at the way gates he shone like mirrors. Once, who entered the ways he walked here through the sun and the sky? Once. That's pretty crazy. <laughs> That's yeah. pretty crazy of like what you would experience and what you do experience and then how it should have been and how it was. Like, can you imagine walking through the sun in the sky? Like, that's crazy. Crazy cool, but crazy nonetheless. Yeah. So, 
Um, did you have anything about this particular part that you wanted to talk about since you were really big on the ways gate? Uh, I don't know. I just, um, well, wait. I guess yeah, like hey, after we come up with like the next bit, then I could probably go into it just a bit more detail. But I don't know. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so descriptive. Just, 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 just covering a, a bit. I, I knew I picked the right co-host. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> um. So basically, Moraine's like, "Well, we we're in a hurry. After you." Not really. She actually goes first, but it's the after you mentality she's holding. So, uh, Lan does jump in before, but then they kind of just stare at her, or, well, stare at the way gate as he goes through, and kind of like, whoa, dude, what just happened? Like, they totally think they're, like, tripping out on shrooms or something at this moment, because it's just, you literally yeah. went through, like, a mirror, a watery mirror, and, uh. Everyone just kind of like stares at it, but Moraine's like, come on, come on, we gotta go, we gotta go. I gotta be the last one through. I can't leave this open for anyone to find by chance. So they rush, and Loyal goes in with a sigh, a very heavy sigh. Um, the big horse tries to hold back, but I mean, it, you're not gonna stop Loyal from pulling you through. <laughs> so he pulls him through. Uh, Rand pokes his lantern through the way gate and it just kind of goes through it and you know he keeps walking and walking and walking and you can obviously tell the animals are not particularly fond of this but they go um, and then he says it's basically the surface busts like a bubble and it catches his breath and he's inside the ways and you got Lan and Loyal waiting ahead of them and it's just blackness around him pretty much forever in every direction there's a small pool of light between the lanterns, um, but it's like something's pressing on that light to kind of like devour it. So they're like, oh, yeah. he jerks yeah. at his range and red and the pack animal come through, um, almost knocking him down. And he catches himself over to the warder and they pull him, like basically every destruction come piling through. Um, and Loyal's trying to tell him like, you need to go very slowly and cautiously when you're going through. It's a bit different inside the ways. Um, so the, yeah, I guess uh, probably just, just probably should comment now. This is the like the scene, scene which I particularly like. He just the description of the energy, just he like passing through the way gate, and he like to see the way that it feels, and also to see the surreal, surreal angle of uh, almost stepping into yourself as you're uh, just like merged with your reflection yeah. as you pass through it. I just really liked that as a, I guess, like, um, for, like, you know, a description for, like, a magical portal. So. Yeah, it was definitely a new twist, definitely a creative twist to what people would typically assume of a portal. Uh, people would have, like, a whirlpool of, like, purple or something like that, and that's, you know, what you go through. And then, ah, we're in a different world. Yeah. And then just you finding yourself in a horrible nightmare world of darkness. <laughs> Basically, yeah. Yeah. So, um, they're kind of like, like he wants to, you know, go around it, but he mentions so much about, you know, going around it and whatnot. And Loyal kind of gives him a, you know, a sincere, like, he's taking him seriously kind of concept. 
And he's like, you can walk all the way around it and you'd not see a thing from the other side. I would not advise it, though. The books aren't very clear about what lies beyond the Waygate, and I think you'd become lost from there, never finding your way out. And he's like, alright, on second thought, I'm gonna just totally ignore that. <laughs> he's like, yep, yeah, we're moving on. Um... He's trying to concentrate on the way gate rather than what goes behind it, but they're both kind of bothering him. And uh, he's trying to look into the cellar, but Moray and other ones are like slowly moving, and it it moves really weird, like slow motion. But then it's like coming through the way gate. He just like bloop, right through jelly, and he's like swimming through it. Um, and then there's this little section that's like a couple sentences that I was going to cover. The wheel turns faster in the ways, Loyal explained. He looked at the darkness surrounding them, and his head sunk in between his shoulders. None alive, no more than fragments. I fear what I don't know about the ways, Rand. So, that tells us something that we did touch on in prior episodes, but there is a time difference in the ways, but it's not the typical time distance, like, the, the way time would normally work. Like, it's not an exact percentage, and for all we know, because I don't believe it goes into detail about it from the top of my memory, which it may, so we might get to that at some point and I could be corrected, but as far as I am aware... It's not a set percentage. It just it's a noticeable time difference. So like if it took you a month or two months or even three months to get up to the borderlands from where you're at in Camelin, it might only take you a couple days to travel up. But if you travel up another way, you're actually in a place that's either further or closer. So the same amount of time to walk to one way gate to another way gate, heading to a different way gate that's the same amount of time in the ways might put you someplace that's further or closer so it's not like a, the same thing all it is is it's a massive speed it's like getting in an airplane is going to take you faster but you could make a stop a pit stop you know at another airport or something before you continue on so it's the same beginning and the same ending but how long it takes to get to it may be a differing factor on everything so just uh, hopefully that makes sense um, I think he brought he the uh, point across. Yeah. So then Lan brings up that like we're not going to beat the Dark One without having risks. But we are alive currently, and there's hope of remaining alive, so don't surrender before you are beaten, Ogier. And, of course, Loyal kind of counters with, you would not speak so confidently if you've ever been in the ways. Um... It's like, I haven't, I haven't either, but I've seen Ogier who have been come out again, and you would not speak so if you had seen them. So Matt steps to the gate and gets normal speed and everything, and he stares at this, you know, crazy endless darkness coming around, and he's like, oh, I'm going to join you guys. So he's got his lantern bobbing on his pole, and his horse is chasing him behind, um, almost sending him sprawling because the horse wants to get through pretty quick. But... Then we get Perrin, Egwene, and Naive coming in, and uh, is basically that the more light there, the darker it gets, is how it appears. But Rand doesn't want to follow that kind of reasoning. Um, it's, it's bad enough knowing that you know 
it's there being very oppressive without, you know, adding that the darkness is actually a creation of its own with a will of its own. So everyone notices this darkness pressing down on them and Matt has no right comments. Egwene, you know, like maybe I should have thought about this differently. And they all kind of like wait at the way gate and then Moraine pops through and she puts the Avendasora thing basically back to its original position and as she comes through with Aldeeb, the, the gate starts slowly closing. So with them closing, basically what happened is that in moving the leaf from its original position to this new position, it opens the door. So in removing it from its position and putting it into its original position, it's beginning the closing of the door. It's, it's literally a garage door. It's pushing a button, but you have to move two buttons into different locations for it to matter. Or I should say move badges in order to open your garage door. Um, so essentially the reason she's able to come inside but also keep it on the other side is because of uh, the, the the way the way gates are even intended to be is that the last person who goes in puts it back and they just kind of nonchalantly walk through and the gate shuts on its own um, so she comes and joins them and it's just blackness everywhere like you can't see nothing it's straining the light on the lanterns it's very oppressive um but now it feels like the lanterns they're holding is all that's left in the entirety of everything and everybody is shoulder to shoulder so Rand's stuck between Perrin and Egwene and she's like her eyes are huge and she's you know <laughs> she's pressing it on him and Perrin's like I ain't moving I don't know what you're talking about um but having everyone touching each other seemed to be better, and the horses are like, oof, let's stick together. Um, but Moraine and Lan just seem like, you know, this is everyday normal. Let's see this every day, guys! And then they, you know, hop in their saddle, and they're like, well, let's go, Loyal. And Loyal's like, ah, oh, yeah, yeah, we need to go. And don't want to be here any longer than we have to, so... He, uh... points at this white strip below his feet, and it's like, you know... It's smooth and whatnot, but he's like, hey, this one leads to the guiding. And from there. So the guiding is like if you go to a mall. I know no one does that anymore. And I know malls are basically collapsing everywhere. But back in the olden days, when I was a little boy, um, we went to malls. And in these malls, they have these really big uh, like shopping keys, if you will. Where basically it, it shows a map of the, of the mall and where all the names of all these shops were and then all these little images that show like a replica of what the map is and it shows you like numbers that are like attached to the name so you say okay on this map it says like t64 and say okay so you go over to the list you look for t64 and it says oh that's the name of this thing or you can look for the name of the shop you want to go to find out what the name the, the number and letter with it is and then find it on the map and that's how you would find your way around that's essentially what a guiding is a guiding is just like a key legend map type thing and um so they're you know like let's get going so moray and land ride on either side of uh loyal and he's following this white line through the dark and everybody else is following them and rand 
this is kind of funny because he keeps putting his hand on the sword. Like, yeah, just slash at the darkness. It'll go away. Don't worry about it. Because that makes sense. So they keep this little tight formation and everything. And um, when they get to a small area, or not really small, I mean, it's not technically small, small, but it's this tall slab of stone just kind of like standing there and they walk up to it and they're like, ah, oh, it's the guiding. And it's got its own description, so you guys can check that out. Um, and Moraine's like, oh, it's Ogre script, but I can't really make out what it says because it's broken. And I think they mean by broken script. In other words, like old script of Ogier rather than it's being, you know, smashed into millions of pieces. But it may have been damaged, but it's more likely it's just broken Ogier script as in a different dialect or something. Um, and Loyal's like, I can't read it either, at least for the most part, but I know enough to know we have to go this way. So he turns away from the guiding and everybody else kind of follows them again. And we get going to these bridges and it's a sign. So he like starts plodding across. He's like, oh, this is the first bridge, bridge of our path. So I go across this bridge. And the way I picture it in my head is every bridge is like a major leap in like location to location. Um, but that's just in my head. That's not, I'm not saying that's canon. I'm not saying that's how it is, but that's just how I picture it. Um, so there's cracks and everything all over the place. And they finally get across the bridge and it just looks the same as where they started on the other side of the bridge. And they can barely see much because their lantern only barely touches what's in front of them. So it feels more like a horror film at this point. Yeah. So they keep going, loyal reads, and then takes them up on the ramp, and then they curve up and up and up, and then, you know, a lot of different climbing, going back and forth, back and forth. Um, heads up to another slab, reads it in Ogre script, finds another signpost, calm, goes to another bridge. And they keep going, you know, they're going to an island and Loyal's trying to decipher the directions from this guiding. So Matt tries to get off his, his horse and Moran's like, hey, time is too valuable to, in the ways to waste for us. Much, much too valuable. We'll stop when it's time to sleep. And Lano's already back in Mandar. And so we got Rand getting really hungry, but now he's losing that hunger because he's like i don't want to sleep in here i mean imagine for one i think i sleep like a baby in the ways because i sleep like the dead when it's pitch black and if you have any light whatsoever it wakes me up so yeah same i'm, I'm excited about that so i think the only reason he's thinking of this is because he's terrified of everything which could be a valid <laughs> reason not to get sleep but i don't know if i would not be able to sleep in that regard but so he uh, I think it's completely reasonable to be, to be absolutely terrified in a place like this. That's because you're terrified of everything, so don't even. <laughs> yeah, but uh, while he's hungry, he eats while they're riding, and everyone's doing the same thing. And, you know, they're juggling his food, the lantern pole, and his reins. I'm like, you could literally just put the lantern pole in your stirrup and hold it. And also hold your reins in the same hand because you're not really doing anything. Every, the horses are just following who's in front of them. And eat with the other hand, or put it in your lap between the stirrup uh, pommel and your legs, and just 
pull something up every once in a while. Like, there's plenty of ways you can do it. I don't know why I have to be, like, super exceedingly difficult, but maybe it is. Um, and he's like, man, I'm still really hungry, but mm, maybe the ways aren't so bad. At least not as bad as Loyal made it out to be. And they're like, hmm. Nothing's really happening. It's kind of just boring. But then there's a startled grunt from Loyal, and everyone, like, stops and looks at the end, and they're in the middle of a bridge, and it just ends. And that's where we're ending the chapter. Yeah. <laughs> so we're in the middle of a bridge that's missing half the bridge, which that would be more terrifying than anything else, because architecturally wise, that's not a good thing to have. Um, you put that much weight, like a whole party with horses and let alone an O gear on this thing, it's going to collapse and you're all going to fall into the void of nothingness. So I'd be terrified, but be as it may, all seems to be well. So, uh, I guess with that ending, is there anything you wanted to go over before we call it a good episode? Well, I, or? well once again, uh, intre I'm interested to see how they're going to uh, do this in the adaptation. I mean, this would be actually fairly easy, honestly. Yeah. But I'm wondering if they're actually going I to think it's, use the way I think it's easy. Yeah, I just think here that like it's going to be a little difficult to do it in a satisfying way because I don't know. There's this sort of like a certain feel and atmosphere to like the actual inside of the ways, which um, like I think I think I touched on this uh, before the record, but it kind of taps in here to like it just get the very natural human fear of just the dark and well, you know, fear of the unknown more specifically yeah you you fear what andy like in such a place like this you can't see anything so there's that but like the whole thing up here that if there's something out there it can easily see you and that's just a, that's all just anti like this unsettling air of creepiness, but well, as you said, as time goes on, things actually kind of become boring because you know there's well, just you're, nothing. You, you wait with that expectant expectancy, like oh, something's going to happen, and then nothing happens, yeah. and then then you're like yeah. start let your guard down, and you're like oh well, I guess it's not that bad, and so far nothing, nothing is you know, showing up like that. It's it's more like the most terrifying thing that they've had so far is the fact that the bridge they got to take is broken. Yeah. And, uh, that also come up. Literally spoke about, but I can't remember if you touched on the fact that everything's kind of got this kind of slightly pockmarked, um, appearance here. Like, uh, it's been it, it feels like it's deteriorating or something. Yeah. There's, there's sort of something. I didn't, specific, I, I specifically didn't do that because it got into the descriptions a bit too much. And I'd rather yeah. people read the descriptions so they can understand them a lot easier. And if they have questions about it, they can always ask us, but I want it to I, be something would, that they can feel normally on their own. Yeah. I, I feel that like I would, I'm definitely interested to hear a, um, like explanation of the ways and the, like the nature of it and uh sort of talking about that like 
don't know, could, could you live in the ways just like permanently, or would he like your body sort of like slowly deteriorate, become like, or become like acclimatized to this new realm, and thus you cease to be who you originally were because you've changed in some fundamental way? I don't know. It's just a kind of fun, fancy concept to play around with. Yeah, it's it's definitely an interesting concept that they're kind of like, oh, what could possibly go wrong after experiencing basically just sheer panic and fear, which is hilarious. Um, yeah. I gotta say, it would be weird walking through the ways, considering the slow motion that you see people from the inside to the out, but from the outside going in, you're like going through this mirror, which would be kind of freaky, and then yeah. going through it's kind of like a jelly, so that's kind of weird. Um, but then coming out of it into an oppressive darkness would be kind of like, you know, I could use a little sunshine right about now, <laughs> but, um, I, I do think it's interesting. Anything else you noticed about the chapter that, you know, wanted to point out or? Uh, no, there, there kind of isn't anything, but like, well, okay, that was here, like, like a thing that I did want to touch on when it was mentioned, but uh, kind of just blew past that point with uh, the fact that he loyal doesn't quite know everything about the ways or you know, like, Well, he's already acknowledged that. Yeah, it's, it's not particularly new news. No, no, it's... No, no, it's more sort of just like the uh, just like the oh, do we really want to be in this uh, other dimension if we don't really know everything about it? Well, to be fair, they don't really have a choice. Well, I know, but it's like know. we got to get somewhere really fast. Should we take Ooh. the plane? Uh, well, what other choice do we have? <laughs> the train ain't working, and the train's too slow. So, I mean, well, it's just the whole sort of uh, set, like uh, sowing the seeds in my mind that you know maybe there is something actually in there, and you know. I think well, I guess we'll have to it. find out in another chapter, won't we? <laughs> yeah. All right. It, it's just the whole thing of like not knowing is actually better than you know, actually like finding out, just because of the fear and the uncertainty I, come together. I feel just... like I would rather know, and since we know that Loyal knows that Machin Shin is here, right? We don't know how big the ways are, so. We don't know if it takes up the exact same space as the real world. So it could just keep endlessly walking around there for forever. We don't know. So is Machin Shin the size of our pinky, our hand, our arm, our chest, the size of, you know, a small building, the size of a big building? Like, we don't know what Machin Shin is from this information. So we don't know, like, any more than what Loyola told us, which... We covered in prior episode, I believe. And mm. we don't have, like, you know, it once, like, hey, when the elevator door opens up, that's when the bellboy shows up. You know, that's, that's not how we're treating Machin Shin with the way gate. So we're not like, you know, in 15 minutes, we'll see Machin Shin. And it's not like, it's not like tornadoes where I'm from, where, you know, you see a tornado outside, everyone goes out and stares at it. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's like we'd, we'd rather instead of running into this terrifying creature thing that exists in the ways we'd rather just get out the other side and not worry about it so um, yeah 
Oh, I think that's uh, that's a only from me. And not really that much to like have touch on and uh, dissect, but you know, yeah, still that's interesting. That's the next episode for. <laughs> oh goody. <laughs> the next episode should add some more detail, and then perhaps the episodes after might as well. I mean, we're getting closer and closer and closer to almost being done, which is always, you know, enticing. But yeah. So um, huh. I guess then we'll just go ahead and close it up. Sound good? Yep. Yeah. So shilling, do you want to do it or shall I? <laughs> I can always shill. It's just a matter of whether you want to or not. Yeah, we really should just see start like start the proceedings by flipping a coin or something. That both of us cannot see. Yeah, that sounds yeah. good. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. If you guys don't know, which you should be aware, but he lives six hours away from, or six hours ahead of me and a lot further than six hours away from me. So yeah. we can't really see each other because we're just doing this audio wise. I mean, we could. I don't know if he has a webcam or not, but I do. But <laughs> Funny you say that. I, I literally looked up and say, like, hey, I could use my webcam and... Lo and behold, it's not I mean, that. Yeah, I mean, even if you did, it's I'm not gonna. Going. It's not gonna matter really. Like, I mean, we're, we're recording the, the the audio digitally, so it's not like it's like we have to see each other. I mean, I know what you look like. I think you know what I look like. I don't remember, but um, yeah, it's not like a big deal. I mean, we haven't switched to YouTube live streams or anything yet. It's not like we're on Twitch or whatever. So. Um, which we could do that, but we'd have to be like literally recording at the same time every single day without exception. And I don't know if we have that compatibility at this point. Um, no. Maybe for some special guests, we'll do like, if we do like a special thing, we end up making a YouTube channel or whatever, probably not. But if we did and we had somebody on, maybe we could do it that way. And, you know, everybody have a good blast making fun of us or whatever. But... Yeah. Anyway, um, I can go ahead and chill if you don't want to. Yeah, just a forewarning, uh, expecting a collapse in the future, because, you know, we're just that popular and well-liked, and everyone thinks that we're cool. And, <laughs> and he's basically lying to you about literally everything he just mentioned. So. Well, obviously. <laughs> anyway. Do you really think that people could actually like us? I never thought that for a moment, so. <laughs> but anyway, um. If you guys would ever like to reach out and, you know, message us for a, a particular question you specifically had, or if you want one answered on the podcast or something, uh, you can reach us at talesoverredarm at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at talesoverredarm. Um, and on our Facebook, our Facebook page specifically is Tales of a Red Arm. So you can reach us at those locations. Um, typical don't spoil things for people um if you want to mention something feel free to like reach us on gmail or twitter or facebook in like a private messaging aspect and we can you know chat about it whether or not you want to use it in a certain place or not but rule of thumb is act like everybody is a new reader and don't spoil it for them unless you're in a specifically nominated area that says you know spoilers um, which we have thought about using Facebook on that type of front, but we've also recently created a discord and in that discord has sections for spoiler free for people who do not want it spoiled and spoilers for people who already are aware of what's going on. Or if you 
really want to ruin the story for yourself, go ahead and jump in there. But um, hopefully everyone can go to their prior locations. Um, but yeah, there's sections separate. So if you want to chat with people who know the series like you do, you can go to the spoiler section and chit chat away. Um, there's sections for people who are not very far into the series or whatever, and they want to go to a place where there's not spoilers and they can just chat about where we are at the podcast currently, regardless of what the episode is. Um, and then we also have just a basic discussion zone where you can go in and just chat and breeze about anything you want, really. I mean, <laughs> if you want to talk about cars or whatever, that's fine. Um, just, I, I don't know what people talk about these days. I talk about the same stuff all the time, which is usually games books and music that's about it um maybe a couple you know baby pictures or puppy pictures or kitty pictures that i have for my family but that's just me um but yeah our discord channel is uh, accessible by getting a hold of us or i believe i posted it in facebook i probably should post it in twitter which i will probably do not too long um but um yeah, just check us out, and uh, we'll be more than happy to uh, get together and have a fun conversation. If anybody's in the Discord channel that somebody else asks for it needs it, just give them an invite, and they can pop in and do their thing. So hmm. um, I believe that's it for the shilling. Am I missing anything, James? Uh, email, emails, Facebook, right, Twitter. Cover that. Uh, Discord, cover that. Discord. Uh, I think that covers everything. Cool. So, uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed today's episode, and I hope you look forward to the next episode. I know this is a bit of a slow episode, but it has a lot of really beautiful descriptions, and a little bit of like that suspenseful urgency and whatnot, so you get something out of it at least, and it's a good build-up I think for what happens next. <laughs> so, get ready for that, and James, you're going to love the next chapter. So, <laughs> so I guess for now, we will call it a farewell and see you guys in the next episode. Until then. We drink all night and dance all day, and on the girls will spend our pay. And when we're done, then we'll await to dance with Jack of the Shadows. We'll toss the dice however they fall And struggle that girls be they short or tall And follow young Matt wherever he goes To dance with Jack of the Shadows We'll toss the dice however they fall And struggle that girls be they short or tall Then follow Lord Matt wherever he goes To dance with Jack of the Shadows We'll give a yell with a bloody curse And hug the maids, it could be worse Let's ride away with the dark woods first To dance with Jack of the Shadows Yeah! yeah. yeah.